next Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. I'm excited about it simply because I'm not going to have to preach at 9 o'clock. I'll be honest with you, that gets tiring after a while, and I'm looking forward to having a little extra time on Sunday morning as well. Acts 13, if you're there, let's go ahead and stand together. Uh, I wanted to say right quick, it's good to have the Sanders back with us this morning. Been on a whirlwind trip around the country, and I told them earlier I'm a little bit jealous of all the places. They went to Roswell, New Mexico. I've always wanted to go there and meet some of the green men that live there, I hear. Uh, but glad to have them here with us this morning in our, in our service today. Acts chapter 13, look down to verse number 1. The Bible says, Now there were in, in, in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Now watch verse number 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Let's stop there and pray. Lord, I thank you for your word this morning. And Lord, we do need you today. Lord, we need to hear from you. Regardless of, of whether or not we're bearing burdens or have needs in our life that we know of, Lord, we need you all the time. And we need you today. Lord, we need to hear from you and your word. Lord, we pray that you would change us this morning. We need a change in our country, and I believe we're the ones that need to help bring that about. Lord, I pray that you bless those that are watching on live stream and, Lord, even begin preparing us all for getting back together on the 11th. But today, let's focus on what you have for us. Let's open our hearts to receive it for us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I do want to say one more quick thank you to Miss Rachel Bartlett for a wonderful time uh, Wednesday night, the daddy-daughter date night. Uh, it was just wonderful. I know a lot of work went into that, and we had a good time. Appreciate all of our dads coming out. I didn't know some of you dads could get cleaned up so good. Some of you look pretty sharp, and I kind of begin to figure out why your wife married you after I saw you cleaned up. You look good, but I appreciate all the help that went into that. This morning, I want you to think about something that we've all learned uh, really in the last seven months. And I tried to think about uh, the last couple of days, if I ever used the term social distancing before the last six or seven months, and I don't believe that I have. Uh, now it's just been ingrained in our minds and etched upon our conscience. We know what the word means as far as social distancing. Uh, trying to keep a little more separation between all of us that we don't spread those germs. We try to respect everyone's uh, privacy and their, their feelings on uh, this virus and all of that. But just trying to maintain a greater distance between each other. And we have grown more distant physically. But what's ironic is in the last seven months, we've grown more distant physically, but we've grown closer technically. Uh, we've all gotten on social media, or a lot of us have, and I know some folks who are not very much interested in that, uh, and yet because of the virus and all that's going, going on, the best way to stay connected and to watch has been through social media. And so we've become more technically and digitally close throughout this entire thing. As a matter of fact, I told the early service today that I think we are probably the most connected society uh, probably since the Tower of Babel. Uh, we read about the Tower of Babel. Everybody had one language, and they spoke the same thing. Uh, and the Bible shows us how dangerous that is, by the way, uh, when everybody is uh, of one language. So God came down, and God scattered everybody. But it seems like through technology, we've all come back together, and we all have one language again, and we're very connected. I mean, news travels so fast. Uh, used to, it took days, weeks, maybe even months uh, to get a letter around the world, uh, to get, to get uh, a telegraph around the world, and now we can literally send messages to uh, the Far East, the Middle East, we can send messages to Australia in a matter of seconds or milliseconds. 
through technology. I read something bizarre just yesterday about how long it took news to spread in the years past. Here's an example. The Alamo fell on March the 6th, 1836. But it took over two months for the news to reach New York in an, in an article written by the London Times on May 17, 1836. Can you imagine that? Two months in order to receive the news. Uh, the early service this morning, I told them I'd been disappointed if I had set, set off on the journey to the Alamo. And get, by the time you get there, you realize the battle was over. Why? News travels slow. Uh, another report I read last night that the gold was discovered in California, January of 1848, but the gold rush did not start until an article appeared in the New York Herald on August 19, 1848. News travels slow, but now we are so connected, news travels almost instantaneously. As a matter of fact, we know what each other is wearing, when we brushed our teeth, and what we had for breakfast before most of us ever leave for work. We get on social media. For some odd reason, I think I'm so thankful for that acronym TMI. Some of you just post too much, okay? I don't need to know when you go to the bathroom or what you're going to Walmart for. Uh, one of the things that blows my mind is I'll see people post on social media and they'll post something like, I'm so busy today, I don't think I'm going to have time to get everything done. But they took the time to post about it. I'm just look just a wild idea here this morning. Maybe if you didn't post about it, you'd have time at least to do one more thing. And yet we're so connected today with each other through social media and our phones, unfortunately, unfortunately, and I say that with with all true meaning this morning, our phones have become an indispensable part of our life. I used to pick on you people that had to have your phone all the time. You know, matter of fact, I'm so old. I'm 40, and I've been married 15 years. I did not even take a cell phone on my honeymoon just 15 years ago. I used the phone in the hotel. You know, I know that's weird, but I did. I used the phone in the hotel. We didn't need them. But now we're so connected, and our phones just about all the time are glued to our ears all the time. Matter of fact, every Sunday morning while I'm sitting on my couch getting ready to come out, uh, I get a report from Apple, and they tell me how much screen time I have. And it's scary when you get that report, isn't it? How much screen time we have, oftentimes, unfortunately, in comparison to how much page time we get. Amen? But I want you to think about this. As closely as we get as a society and as connected as we get society together, unfortunately, we're getting further and further away from God. We're connected to each other, and we spend time connecting with one another through our devices and through social media. But oftentimes, we're slowly but surely drifting away from God. And I want you to know, look, I'm just as guilty as the next person. I took some time to add up on my phone the other day just a snapshot of one of my busy periods during this time. I measured a six-hour period, just a six-hour period in my day. And in a six-hour period, I made or responded to 167 calls or texts in a six-hour period. 167 calls, uh, texts that came in to me or texts that went out to others. And I hate to tell you this, but from time to time, we get so busy, we miss calls that we needed to take, don't we? I'm sure we go around the room, don't raise your hand or I'll feel horrible. And how many of you, I have missed your call at some point in the last six or seven months. I look on there, you know, unfortunately, you can look on your iPhones and you can pull up the missed calls list. And I'm sad to say this morning that mine is loaded with all of those red numbers from calls that I miss. 
And after a while, you just go ahead and just face up to the fact that because we're so busy and we're so connected that missed calls are going to be part of our life. We're not always going to be able to answer every call. And I hate that, but that's a fact of life. But here's what I want to get at this morning. I fear that problem has made its way and spilled into our spiritual life. Okay? We get so busy and we get preoccupied being connected with so many different things and so many different people that we're unable to take the calls that God tries to make into our life. You know, I believe this morning that God is desperately seeking to get in touch with his people. I think right now as God's people are crying out to him, asking him for wisdom, asking him for direction, asking him for his hand upon our country again, which obviously is slowly being removed as we cry out to him, I believe God's trying to get in touch with us. But the sad thing is we as God's people, we're connected to everything else. We're connected by our phones. We're connected by social media to every person, every desire, every hobby. And yet God can't seem to get a call through to us. And we're missing out on hearing from him. And folks, I, I want to tell you this. I hate if I've missed your call. Okay, if I have, I do try to call back, but sometimes you just you get busy. We're not able to do that. I hate it when you miss my call because if I'm calling you, it's probably something important. But the truth of the matter is, by the way, you don't have to be scared when I call. All right? You can answer. I promise you. You know, sometimes Miss Shelley will call over from the financial office. One of the first things I'll say, no bad news. You know, I don't want to hear bad news. No, usually if I have something to say to you, if it's something bad, I'm going to tell you in person, all right? If I'm calling, I just probably want you to have a good day or something like that. But from time to time, you're going to miss my calls, and I'm going to miss your calls. But if there's something we can't afford to miss this morning, it's when God calls. God's people this morning can't afford to miss out on hearing from God right now. God has what we need. God has what we're looking for. God has exactly what we're confused about. God has exactly what we're scared about. God has what we're doubting this morning. He has what we need. But here's the problem. God can't get a call through. We're so connected to everything else, God's not able to get to us the information that we desire to have. And I fear this morning... If we had a call log on our life of missed calls, I fear God's name would be listed over and over and over. We don't miss it when our hobbies call, when our desires call. We don't miss it when the bank calls. We don't miss it when our, uh, when, when, uh, when our hunting season calls. But we miss it when God calls. Why? Because we're connected to so many other things. I believe this morning God's calling to give us direction in our life. Boy, do we need direction right now. God wants to give our country direction this morning, and he's calling, and yet we won't answer the call of God. We won't hear it. Why? Because we're connected with something else. Look, do you know this morning that God has what our families need today? Our families are suffering. Our families are hurting. I'm talking about across the board. I'm not talking about all the deep, dark sin. Everybody's going through a tough time right now because of what's going on in our country. We're all carrying burdens, and God has the answer to that. And he's trying to call it in. He's trying to get in touch with his people to let us know what we need to get through this time. But the problem is we're on the other line. The problem is we're connected to everything else and we don't have time to hear from God. God has the answers for all of the things that we're doubting and fearing right now. I mean, every day brings a new wow. I mean, 2020 has been the wow. I love the post the other day somebody put after the debate. It says, this debate was 2020 approved. And I was like, yes, it was. 
Now the president's in the hospital and this, that, and there's all of this fighting going on, and we have doubts and we have fears. That's natural. We're but human. We're but flesh. But there's an almighty God still on the throne in heaven. He's got what we need. He's got the answers. The doubts and the fears you have in your life and your home. Listen, God's got the answer, but here's the problem. He can't get in touch. We're connected with everything else right now. And we're going to have to put down the phone. We're going to have to tell our hobbies and our desires and our our work from time to time, no, I've got to take this call. And this morning, I believe in Acts chapter 13, uh, Paul and Barnabas are going to show us how to answer a call from God. I want to show you that this morning on how to answer or answering a call from God. I'm going to show you three things today. And I believe, listen, if we'll listen close, we might hear the phone ring today. If you're lost, you might hear the phone ring. Listen, we're almighty God's calling you to be saved. If you're saved this morning, listen, that phone that's inside your heart might ring this morning. And God may be calling you to more sincere walk with him. If you're here this morning and you're saved and you're walking with God, maybe God wants you to step up your service a little bit. Maybe God wants you to be more surrendered a little bit. And if we'll just listen close. If we can turn off all of our other connections to the world and our worries and our doubts, we just might hear from God today. We just might find the answers that we're looking for. So let's look at this thought this morning on answering a call from God. Now, in Acts chapter number 13, something very important is about to happen. Paul and Barnabas are about to be called to go preach the good news of the gospel to the Gentiles. But here's what's interesting. Notice the Bible says in verse number 2, as they ministered, and look on down, the Bible says, I have called them. As they ministered, I have called them. So here's what's interesting. As God's calling them, notice they're already busy doing something else. They're already serving God faithfully. They're in the middle of something already in the church of Antioch. And in order, watch this, for them to answer the call of what God's calling to do. You see, God wants to bring about change in their life. Can you understand this this morning? Boy, this excites me that anytime God calls my life and my heart and my home, he wants to bring about change. All right? And it's good change. Uh, Sometimes I get phone calls and it's not good phone calls. Uh, Sometimes you look down, that phone's ringing, you're thinking, boy, this is not going to be good. I assure you, every time that God calls, he wants to bring about good and lasting change in your life. But watch what happens. In order for Paul and Barnabas to have that change that God was about to bring, they were going to have to let God interrupt what they were already doing. This is important. Notice it says, as they ministered. Number one this morning, answering a call of God, it begins with an interruption. It begins with an interruption. You say, what do you mean by that? They were in the middle of something. They were already serving. The Bible says, as they ministered to the Lord, they were serving God faithfully at the church of Antioch. And yet God interrupts what they were doing and called them to something else. Can I tell you something? I believe this morning God's calling each and every one of us, listen, either to be saved, to a more sincere walk with him, or more devout service to him. And yet here's our problem. We won't allow God to interrupt what we've got going. Listen, if you desire God to bring about change in your life or, watch this, even better, to use you to bring about change in somebody else's life. Do you know that's what God was calling Paul and Barnabas to do? He wanted them to go bring about change in somebody else's life. But watch this. Paul and Barnabas had to let God interrupt what they were already doing. And there's my problem. And if you were honest this morning, probably your problem from time to time. We don't like being interrupted, do we? 
I wish I would have took a picture of that thing you bought for me to put on my office door. It's this it's really neat little thing. It's a round thing that uh, little Miss Becky and Miley picked out. It's a round thing, and it has a dial on it with four different sections. And as you dial it, one section says, do not disturb. You dial it on a round, one says, in a meeting. You dial it on a round, what does the other one say? What's that? Please knock. And I forget what the fourth one says. I wish it said go fishing or something. Gone fishing, gone hunting, taking a nap. I, haven't, I keep rotating that thing, and I've yet to find the one that says take a nap on there. But I put that on my door because I get sidetracked easily. Anybody else there? Come on, let's do it. I get sidetracked easy. If I get a phone call or something happens, I'm in the middle of something, I forget about it until Wednesday. So I've got this little thing on my door now, and I dialed it around. And, and yesterday I put on there, do not disturb. I dialed it up. Do you know why? Because I wanted to take a nap. That's exactly what I wanted to do. And there wasn't a take a nap option, so I thought, do not disturb was good enough. So I dialed it up there. No, it was Friday. It was Friday before the ball game. And uh, my wife came by the office to see me, and I missed out on her visit. I love visiting with my wife. I get so disappointed when somebody knocks on my door, and I think it's my wife, and somebody else walks in, like Brother Nate. I mean, just a letdown. No offense, brother, but just a letdown. It's not my wife. I enjoy visiting with her. But watch this. I missed out on my wife's visit. Do you know why? Because I had a sign on the door that said, do not disturb. I didn't want to be interrupted when I go off to Never Never Land and get about a 30-minute nap on to get a little bit of a recharge so I can get back to do what God's called me to do. Now, folks, I believe that's the way it is with God. God comes to our hearts and God comes to our homes. And God comes and he's trying to bring about change, not only in our life, but use us to change somebody else's life. But we don't want God to disturb us. We don't want to be interrupted. If you have a smartphone, I think 79% of Americans do have a smartphone. There's a picture that you probably have seen before. Pop that up there right quick, guys. Anybody ever seen that? Everybody seen that picture before? I see it all the time. You know what that means? That means I'm on the phone with one person and somebody else wants to talk. So I'm on the phone talking to someone, and all of a sudden I have three options of what what I need to do. Option number one is to hold and accept. I'm going to put this person on hold while I accept the call from the other person. Or I could just do what I want to do sometimes and decline it. Boop, I do not want to talk to you. Or I could do the right thing and end my current call so that I can accept the new call. Okay? Now can I tell you, option number three is what God's people need to do this morning. All right? We're on a current call with our job. We're on a current call with our hobbies, our desires, our ambitions in life. And God keeps trying to get a call through, but God can't get a call through because we won't end the call we're on and accept the call that he's trying to make. And then we do this. God, what do we do? God, what do we do? Our country's in shambles. We've got all this province election coming up and all of these. God, what are we going to do? God says, I've been trying to get in touch with you. I've been trying to get in touch with you. But you're so wrapped up and connected with everything else in your life. Can I tell you something this morning? Your 401k is not going to matter one iota if this country goes down the tube spiritually. All right? And we're spending all of this time focused on things that aren't going to matter if the foundation of this country is destroyed, which is built on the will and word of God. It's over. If you really care about your 401k and care about having something to leave your children, listen, we'll just simply get right with God. Until we get right with God... Watch this. We're declining his call. We're not hearing from him. Here's Paul and Barnabas. God's got a calling for them. God wants to change what they're doing and use them to change what others are doing. But he had to interrupt them first. Listen to this this morning. Maybe jot this down. We must allow God to interrupt our will in order for him to instruct us in his way. 
Right? We must allow God to interrupt our will in order to instruct us in his way. So what do you mean? I don't know about you. I want instruction this morning. I need instruction. I've never pastored in the midst of an epidemic. I never have. I need instruction. That was not on the questionnaire. All right? Blame the deacons for not putting it on there. Have you ever pastored through an epidemic? Nope. This is new to me. Oh, how I've needed instruction. But watch this. God has the instruction, Jeremiah 23, uh, uh, 33, 3. The Bible says, call unto me, and I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things thou knowest not. He has what we don't know. He's got it, and he wants to instruct us in his way. But watch this. He can't instruct us in his way if we don't allow him to interrupt our will. And there's our problem. God is sitting there. God is sitting there listening to the elevator music of your life, waiting for you to pick up. He's waiting, and he's waiting, and he's sitting there with the answers of what you're looking for, the direction that you need, but here's our problem. We won't disconnect from the world and everything else that we're connected to this morning. Look at verse 2. As they ministered, Paul and Barnabas allowed God to interrupt what they were doing. Why? Because he wanted them to instruct them. He wanted to instruct them. Matthew chapter 4, remember the disciples, what were they doing when Jesus called them? They were cleaning their nets. They were fishermen. They were doing their work. And all of a sudden, Jesus pops in and he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He interrupted them. Why? Because he wanted to instruct them. But they had to allow him to interrupt what they were doing in order to hear what he wanted them to do. And know how God sits back with that instruction. You know, I think the disciples are a good picture. Look, from time to time, you ought to let God interrupt your work. All right? How often does our work interrupt God? All the time. I mean, whatever our work needs, we do it. Whatever the overtime, we'll show up early, we'll stay late. Whatever it requires for our job. Why don't you allow God to interrupt your work from time to time and instruct you in his will? You'd be amazed at the guidance that you would find that we are desperately seeking. I told the early service my dad back in the late 1980s, uh, I, was, I was seven or eight years old. My dad was in commercial construction, making his way up to the ranks really quickly. And I think it was 87 or 88, my dad got a call from Home Depot, Incorporated, flew him to Atlanta, was going to offer him either the vice presidency or the presidency of the whole shebang. And so mom and dad flew to Atlanta. They met with the president who was about to resign, and either the vice president was going to take over or my dad was going to take over Home Depot. Before they got back on the plane to fly back to Jacksonville, Florida, the president told my dad this, Jack, go home and pray about it. My dad's desire and plan and goal was to retire at 40, to build a cabin on the side of a mountain in Montana and move his family there. That part sticks me a little bit. I mean, he could at least come up with a hunting lease or something. You know, we don't have to live there. Just get a hunting lease out there, you know. You get a little desperate after a while. He came home. Prayed about it. Not only did God not lead him to take the job, God led him to move back to Mississippi where God called him to preach. Can I tell you, I, I honestly believe that I'm here today in part because I had a mom and dad that allowed God to interrupt their life. My dad was going to retire at 40. I would probably be a spoiled brat in Atlanta right now driving a convertible 67 Mustang. Probably probably out there throwing rocks at the police and burning things down. That's probably who I would be. Just listen, spoiled, rot, not appreciate what I have. Had I not had a mom and dad who let God interrupt their life and interrupt their job and interrupted their plans. Folks, can I tell you something this morning? I believe God's calling way more than our answering. 
The problem is we're on the line with everybody else. And if you desire God to bring about change in your life and your home, you've got to put one phone call down and answer the other one. Because God can bring about the change you need in your home and your life, but you're going to have to answer the call when he makes it. Acts chapter number 9, we read about the apostle Paul who was first Saul. The Bible tells us that Saul is on his way to Damascus. And as Paul makes his journey, the Bible says, as he journeyed. you know what that means? He was on his way. He's on his way. Hear that part, okay? On his way. So as Paul makes this journey, all of a sudden the light shines down from heaven and God knocks him down a few pegs. From time to time we all need that, don't we? Look, I'm going to let God do it, not you, okay? All right, don't volunteer. Think, well, I'll volunteer to help you with that, preacher. No, I assure you God does a good enough job with that. So as Paul makes his journey, all of a sudden God interrupts his trip. And then Saul looks up and he says, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And then God tells him what to do. Watch this. First, the interruption. Second, the instruction. So many of us this morning, we're missing out on the instruction that we need for our life. You know why? We won't let God interrupt. God's sitting there, boop, 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 sitting there vibrating. And God's just waiting for you to end one call so that you can accept the other. Number one, notice, it begins with an interruption. The Bible says, as they ministered, I have called them. It's amazing that Satan often paints God's interruptions as pictures that we don't want to look at. If you let God interrupt your life, he's going to mess things up. If you let God interrupt your plan and your desires and your ambitions and all that you have planned for your life, God's just going to mess it up. Now, can I tell you this morning, consider the source. All right, consider the source. That's not God telling you that. The greatest day of your life is when you allow God to interrupt your will so that he can instruct you in his way. I'll give you an example. The other night I was watching Nova. You know that there must be nothing on television because I was watching Nova, PBS. Oof. And I watched a documentary on the Silver Bridge collapse in West Virginia in 1967. It was around Christmas time, and the lady who tells the story was an eyewitness of this account. She got up that morning to go to town to do some Christmas shopping. It was cold. She wanted to get to town and get back and get before the weather set in. And as she's on her way, she gets behind a dump truck that's going so slow. I can relate. She's pulled out in front of her, and it's keeping her from getting where she's going. And she's frustrated that this guy is slowing her down, and she's so agitated. And now they get to the foot of the bridge. Because that dump truck has gone so slow, she's now stuck at a red light. At the foot of a bridge, when she begins to hear the most awful sound, as she watched this long span of bridge begin to crumple and collapse into the river below, taking 47 souls with it. Just a few moments earlier, she was complaining about the interruption that truck had brought to her life. And now she realized it was the greatest interruption she could have ever had. Had that truck not gotten in front of her and slowed her down and interrupted her way, she'd have been on the bridge with everybody else that collapsed into the river below. Could I tell you this morning, sometimes God interrupts our life and we may not see why. We may not understand why he's doing what he's doing, but I assure you it's for your good. All things work together for good, even dump trucks that slow you down. This morning, we need to allow God to interrupt our life. We're too busy. We're too connected. On social media all the time. We're on our phones all the time. Hey, why don't we turn it on airplane mode? All 
All right? Let's turn it on airplane mode from time to time and just let God interrupt our day and give us instruction in his will. Number one, answering a call from God, it begins with an interruption. Number two, look down. The Bible says, verse two, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Now here we see why God interrupted their life. Notice that word, whereunto. God God is calling them to something, okay? God's calling them from something to something. But here's what's wonderful. God's extending to them an opportunity. God has interrupted their life to provide them an invitation, and that's number two. Answering the call of God, it brings an invitation. Anytime that God comes to you, I assure you it's an invitation, so, preacher, I don't know if I agree with that. No, I listen, I promise you this morning, if the Holy Spirit of God comes to your heart today and stirs your heart or even pricks your heart about something, I assure you it's an invitation from God. God's providing you an opportunity. Back in October of 1989, I was a nine-year-old kid on a Wednesday night, and that was the first time I can ever remember the Holy Spirit of God dealing with my heart about being lost. And that night, listen, through the preaching of the Word of God and the pastor through reading of the Word of God, the Lord showed me my condition. He showed me that I was lost, I was dead in my trespasses and sins. If I died right then, I would be on my way to hell, according to the Word of God. Man, that didn't feel good. Preacher sitting over here telling me that I'm a sinner and that I'm lost. Look, I was a good kid, all right? wasn't perfect, but I was a good kid. I tried to do, I even bought me a Mr. Rogers sweater, like Brother AJ was joking about it the other day. I mean, I listen, I love Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street. I mean, I was a good kid. But can I tell you something this morning? I was not good enough to get to heaven. Preacher showed me my lost condition. I say, man, how's that good? But can I tell you this morning, when God takes the time to show you that you're lost, it's an invitation to have life. All right? God comes to you this morning, Holy Spirit speaks to your heart and says, hey, you're lost. If you died right now, you know for sure you're not going to heaven. You're lost. You say, well, how is that a good thing? Because when the Holy Spirit shows you you're lost, it's an invitation to have life. That night I trusted Christ as my Savior. You see, he came to me. It was an invitation. I remember June of 1995. I've told you a story many times. I won't bore you with it. Sitting there in a service. Holy Spirit began stirring my heart again. And it was during the invitation time. During the invitation time, be scared. Holy Spirit calls you up during the invitation. It's usually a doozy. I'm sitting there thinking, I'm looking down at the phone, surely not. No. You know, missed call. You missed. He's right here. My buddy's right here. You call him. I thought maybe God's calling me so I can tell my buddy he needs to go to the altar. He's not listening. So God's calling me to tell him he needs to go down there and surrender to preach. Sitting there and the phone just kept ringing. Holy Spirit. You know what he was calling me to do? He was calling me to surrender. That's not a good thing. Surrender is giving up, it's giving in, it's giving over. That's not a good thing. No, can I tell you something? Listen, when God calls you to surrender, it's an invitation to serve. I was getting invited to be a part of the greatest thing in the world, and that's to be a part of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. But watch this. I had to answer the call to surrender in order to accept the invitation to serve. Some of you this morning, look, Holy Spirit comes around during the invitation. He knocks on your heart's door about serving. And you're like, no, I'm not going to surrender. I'm not going to surrender. Oh, you're saying no to the greatest invitation in the world, to get to serve God. By the way, I said get. I don't got to serve God. I got to go to the dentist, okay? All right? I got to go to the DMV tomorrow. That's worse than going to the dentist. Those are things I got, I got to pay taxes. Tomorrow my wife and I sit down and finally do our taxes, 
I'm not excited about that. I got to do those things. I get to serve God. I get to. 25 years in, look, look, I'm not on drugs. I'm just happy to be saved and get to serve God. Some of you ought to get on some of that. It changed your life. Look, some of you this morning, you, I don't know, it's like you, you forgot that you got saved. Look, getting to serve God is not a drudgery. It's a privilege. But wait a minute. You've got to accept the invitation. And the Holy Spirit comes around. And he says, I want you to surrender. That's an invitation to serve God. And I assure you, when God knocks on your heart's door, he's not bringing anything bad. Yesterday I was up here in the office. And I usually get here a little later on Saturdays. Got here about 11 o'clock yesterday. And I sit in my office studying. There's nobody here. Okay? Nobody here. Just kind of quiet. Just sitting in there studying. Nobody's going to disturb me or interrupt me. And then all of a sudden, I can knock on my door. And I'm studying for this message. And I'm like, ooh, kind of creepy, you know? I heard that one with these ears, you know, not these. I'm looking around. And I look out my door and I see Brother Michael Coates standing there. Anytime I see Michael Coates standing at my door, it means one thing food. Food. Brother Michael's a blessing. He really is. He's standing there with four chocolate chip cookies. My wife and daughter are not there, so I don't have to share. I think it was a latte of some kind, just standing there. He said, I saw your car when I passed by this morning. I saw your car this afternoon. I thought I'd bring you something to help you study. And then he just goes on his way. Man, what an interruption. What an interruption. Listen, that was worth answering the door. Can I tell you something this morning? If you understood the invitation... You'd allow the interruption. If you knew what God was bringing to your door, if you knew why he was knocking, you'd open it. Because every time he interrupts your life, he's interrupting it with an invitation. He's got something to bring about good change in your life or to use your life to bring about good change in others. But the problem is we're too busy to answer God's call. Matthew chapter 11, the Bible says in verse 28, come unto me. Here's Jesus saying, come unto me, come unto me. How often throughout our day does the Holy Spirit lead us to do just that? Come unto me, come unto me. But God, I'm too busy. God, I got this going on and this member I got to help out here. And I got this phone call I got to make and this hospital visit. I got this note I got to write out. I got a meeting to go to. God, I just got too much time, too many things on my hands to do to come to you. But watch this. How foolish. Because the last part of verse 28 says, and I will give you rest. <laughs> ironic isn't it God I'm too busy I'm too stressed I'm too frazzled to come to you you know what I'm saying I'm too frazzled to find rest and he's sitting there with those four chocolate chip cookies and that latte said, I got what you need you need a little caffeine to get through your day I've got the rest you're looking for answer the phone answer the Holy Spirit draws us to, to him. Why? He wants us to have rest for our souls. The devil's very good at convincing us when God calls it's going to be bad news. Um, I'd love to say this is not true, but this is a true fact. Uh, anytime anyone calls my phone, and most of you included, when your name pops up on here, I think something. Okay? I'm not going to tell you what I think, but I think something. I think something about all of you, okay? Just, the Bible says even a child is known by their doings, okay? Everybody's known for something. And when your name pops up on my phone, something pops up. Don't ask. I'm not going to tell you, and Brother Nate doesn't know, so he's not going to tell you either, all right? For some reason, when God's name pops up on our spiritual caller ID, we dread it. Oh, it's him. Everybody's got a few of those, don't you? Mm, oh, it's him. 
You kind of hide it. God shouldn't be one of those people. Do you know why? Because when God interrupts our life, he's bringing us an invitation. What does Jeremiah 29, 11 say? For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Listen close. Thoughts of peace. The word thought has interpreted plans or designs. God's got plans and designs for your heart and your home and your children and your marriage and our church and our country. God's designed all of that. And he's got it. What does he go on to say? He says thoughts of peace, not evil. God says, I'm not the boogeyman. All right? It's sad today when God rings up our heart and calls us, we dread it. And he's standing there with those cookies and that latte, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give us an expected end. Now notice what the agent of this call was in verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost. You know when you got saved... The Bible says you've got an earnest of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, indwelling in your heart. It's like your own personal GPS. Amazing, after you get saved, you go to do some of the things you used to do that you're not supposed to do, and all of a sudden, some starts chewing you up. All right? Something on the inside. My wife takes care of it on the outside. You know, she corrects me on the outside. The Holy Spirit's on the inside. I think, what is that? It's the Holy Spirit. He's in there. And he's speaking to you and he's telling you, no, don't do this. No, don't go there. Why? Because he wants to ruin your life. No, he's guiding you. What does the Bible say in John 14, 26? Listen close. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Huh. I don't know about you. There's a lot of things I don't know. A lot of things I have doubts about and I have fears about and I need answers to, particularly in the last seven months. The Bible says I have a built-in answer person. It's called the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says he'll guide us in all things. But here's the problem. He can't get a call through. You know, used to there was a busy signal. Our kids probably don't know what a busy signal is, do you? Some of you, I don't know if you know what a busy signal is. You call and you can tell they're on the other line. I'm afraid that's what the Holy Spirit gets. We're sitting here. I'll give you a good example before I give you the last point. I was in Monroe several years ago. We were doing a backyard Bible club uh, in, in a rough community. I'm talking about a rough community. There were shootings there every few months over by Parkview Apartments, a very bad place. And uh, one morning we pulled up to have our Bible club with the kids. I was excited about it. And a lady comes over to our window, and I says, are the kids going to be able to come to Bible club today? She says, we don't have time for that. I'm like, woo, you know, what's the matter? She says, we got a crisis in our community today, and we just don't have time for God. I thought, how sad. In the middle of a crisis, that's exactly what you need is God. That's exactly what you need. And we're sitting here, our country's in shambles and all this problems going on, and God is sitting there ringing, ringing, calling his people, desperately trying to get in touch with us to give us the answers that we're looking for, but we're too busy trying to solve it on our own. We're not going to hear from God. 1 Corinthians 2.9, the Bible says, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for them that love him. But wait a minute, what does the Bible go on to say? God hath revealed them to us by his spirit. You see, if God can't get a call through, the Holy Spirit is that still small voice that tries to lead us and guide us. And we're like, shh, I don't want to hear that right now. Shh, not right now. Shh, not right now. And he's standing there with exactly what we're looking for. But we're going to have to end the call with something else in order to accept the call of God. So number two, notice that to answer the call of God, it it brings an invitation to us. And then finally, the Bible says in verse 2, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, 
for the work whereunto I have called them. Now, here's what's interesting. Up until now, the conversation has been one-sided. God has brought the interruption. God has come and brought the invitation. But now Paul and Barnabas are going to have to do something with it. You know, it's like when you get a graduation invitation or a, a wedding invitation in the mail. Uh, they'll usually put at the bottom of that RSVP. I looked it up, Brother AJ. It's a French word that you can probably pronounce, and I can't. Brother AJ speaks fluent French. I was going to try to impress you this morning, but I was afraid it was a matter of pride, and then I would fall on my face. I said, we're not going to do that today. But it simply means reply. We need to know, I've sent you this invitation, but now you have to RSVP. You've got to reply. Can I tell you this morning, when God sends an invitation... God interrupts your life and invites you to be changed or to bring change. Now you have to decide what you're going to do with that invitation. You've got to decide if you're going to respond or not. And that's what number three is this morning. We'll close with this. Answering the call of God. It's based on interaction. It is based on interaction. You're going to have to interact with God. All right? If you desire change in your life, the answers only, only the Holy Spirit of God can give. You're going to have to have some interaction with Him. The conversation can't be one-sided. All right? We can't just sit back here and say, God, we need you to do something. God, you got to help us. God, you got to give us the answers. God, you got to guide us and not do anything. It's not going to work that way. We've got to respond to God when he calls us with the invitation. You see, in verse number two, God makes his move. Guys, I'm interrupting what you're doing. And here's what I want you to do. Now you've got to decide if you're going to separate. Now you know what separate means? It's a two-part word. It means to exclude and to appoint. He says, you're going to have to let go of Antioch in order to go to the place that I'm calling you to now. And there's why. There is why we don't answer the call of God. Because we're going to have to let go of Antioch. We're going to have to drop a call. We're going to have to let something go. That's what he's telling them to do. What does he say? Separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work. He said, I've got something for them to do, but they're going to have to leave Antioch behind. And our problem this morning is simply this. We're not willing to do our part. If we're going to answer the call of God, there's some work involved in it. What did he say at the end of verse number 2? For the work whereunto I have called them. There's a part that you have to play. And this morning, listen close. God is wanting to bring about change in our life. And he's calling and he's calling and he's calling. But we're not answering the call. Why? Because in order to be called to something, you've got to be called from something. And we don't want to let go of Antioch. We like what we're doing, the way we're doing it, what we're trying to build, the direction we're going. And that's why we won't let go. And we're missing out on what only God could have done through us. Can I tell you this morning, I believe God's desperately trying to get in touch with his people. God's calling and God's calling and God's calling. But sooner or later, you're going to have to separate from something. In order to go on to what God's called us to. And I feel this morning we just don't think it's worth the cost. I received two phone calls a while back. I was at Sonic. It was, it was, I guess it was a few years ago. And I received a phone call that I had won a cruise to the Bahamas. I've never been to the Bahamas. I thought, well, my lucky day. And so I started talking to the lady. I said, look, ma'am, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm at Sonic. i got some very important business to take care of right now. They have all of these shakes, and i got to figure out which one I want. So... Here's my address. Just put the tickets in the mail. Thank you very much. Well, sir, it doesn't work that way. Like, why not? I want a free trip to Bahamas. I mean, how much complicated does it get? I want it. It's free. Send me the tickets. He said, well, sir, it doesn't work that way. I said, well, why not? He said, well, you have to pay a port tax. 
So what is a port tax? Well, when you pull in the port and you pull out of port, you have to pay a tax. So you pay that, and then you have to pay the tourist tax, and then you have to toilet tax and water tax and all these other taxes. Before it's all said and done, it's about $700. That was the most expensive free trip I had ever won. I've won a lot of free trips. I'm telling you, if, if I did those scratch-offs, which I don't, I know you don't, but if I did those scratch-offs, I'd win every day because I win free cruises all the time. But that free cruise was more than I wanted to pay for. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to keep it camped out right here where I'm at. It wasn't worth it. And I think this morning when God calls us, God says, I want you to separate, all right? Here's what I want you to do. We think, boy, letting go of Antioch's not worth whatever God's calling me to. And I'll tell you something, we're the ones who miss out. We are missing out. Our country's missing out. Our children's missing out. Our homes are missing out. I think about Cain this morning when God was begging Cain. Oh, was God ringing Cain's phone off the hook. He's calling and he's calling and he's calling. He says, Cain, 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 I've provided something good for you. Listen, but you're going to have to leave this rebellion behind. And Cain would not hear it. And he missed the call of God. And oh, did he miss it. I fear this morning many of us will miss it. Why? Simply because we're not willing to interact and to do our part. I believe God's trying to get a hold of us today. I really do. Number one, if you're here today, listen, you've never trusted Christ and the Holy Spirit's stirring your heart. You're not sure if you died, you'd go to heaven. God's calling you. He's trying to interrupt your day today. Can I tell you why? He's got an invitation. It's an invitation to eternal life. Listen, he wants you to be his child. He wants to write your name down in the Lamb's book of life. He wants to give you an eternal home in heaven. He's standing there with it. Listen, he's trying to interrupt, and you feel him tugging right now. He's ringing right now. You tell it. Listen, he wants you to be saved. He's inviting you to be saved. The watch close. will not be saved until you respond. There's got to be some interaction. God's not just going to save you until you're willing to put your faith and trust in what the Lord Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. You've got to respond. RSVP. He's calling. Listen, and you've had missed call after missed call after missed call. And sooner or later, he's going to quit calling. And you're going to miss your opportunity to have your name written down and to have that home in heaven. And oh, how sad. You're going to miss out if you miss God's call this morning. If you're here today and you're already saved and you know that heaven's your home and the Holy Spirit is stirring you, maybe he's stirring you to service. All right? Maybe he's serving, stirring you to step up and to serve him with more sincerity and fervor. Listen, it's an invitation to be a part of something wonderful. That not only God would change your life, but that God would use you and I to help change someone else's life. And boy, I look at our world and I look at our country. Man, man, do we need change today. Our country's hurting. It's hurting. I'm talking on both sides of the aisle. We got problems. Our country's bleeding. It's on fire. And God says, I got the answers. And he's standing here with the answers. He's standing there. But watch this. He's not calling the lost with those answers. He's calling the saved. He's calling his people. He said, I've got what you're looking for, but you're going to have to answer the call. Number one, let God interrupt your life today. Let God interrupt your plans. Let God interrupt your desires, your goals, your passions. Let God interrupt. Why? Because when you let God interrupt, he's coming with an invitation to be a part of something wonderful. But now it's the invitation time of our service. And now we've got to decide, are we going to interact and be willing to leave behind what he says let go, that we could be a part of what he's preparing for us to be a part of this morning. Let's have our heads bowed and eyes closed. Let's stand to our feet. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed.
As our pianist and our song leader come this morning, can I ask you this question? Is God calling? Has he showed you this morning that you're lost? Can I ask you a question? If you died right now, are you sure that you're going to heaven? Are you sure? If you're not sure this morning and your your soul is unsettled, your heart is worried, if there's fear this morning, listen, that's the Holy Spirit of God. He's drawing and he's calling. Listen, answer the call today to be saved. If you're here today and you're saved, I want you to answer the call of whatever God's calling you to do, wherever God's calling you to go. Why? Because he desires to bring about change. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for your word.